Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast. Let me start by putting on your radar screen a couple of uh, roundtables that are coming up. The first one's May 9th in Raleigh, North Carolina. The second one is April 27th in Rancho Cucamonga. Those roundtables are great opportunities to grow, and I want to invite you to come. And the roundtables, I will be dealing with proverbs for leaders, and that basically means axioms, just short bursts of wisdom that help you be able to conduct your life and, and be able to be an effective leader. And, and then I'm going to be talking about the four stages of a leader's life. And and this is immensely helpful. As we've done it across the nation, people have have contacted me and said, wow, this was a game changer for them because it helped them understand where they were. It helped them know where they were going, and then it helped them know how to get there. And then for some, it helped them understand why they're stuck in one phase and they haven't been able to move on. So we'll be doing that May 9th in Raleigh, North Carolina. April 27th in Rancho Cucamonga. You can go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com. You can sign up there. I just want to encourage you, uh, go there. It also has my latest flash drive, all the lessons I've taught over the last year. Then it also has all of my books. And if you don't have my book, Tough Stuff, you need to get it. It'll be helpful to you. Uh, today, I want to talk to you about meeting management. And um, I'm going to say the word meeting a whole lot. It becomes a tongue twister for me. So I want to apologize on the front end. Meeting management. Here's what I can tell you as a leader. You can't avoid them. If you're going to lead, you're going to be in meetings. And you're going to be in a lot of meetings, and there's no way to get around it. You just can't avoid them. Uh, that leads to the second thought. Everybody struggles with them. Um, I just struggle. Man, seriously, another meeting. We got to be in another meeting. Everyone struggles with them. And thirdly, in every meeting, there's always a pers person that you wish was not in them. You know, that person that's going to be antagonistic, that person who's going to be louder than everyone else, that person who is going to talk longer than everyone else, you know who they are in your organization. They're the person that you wish was not in the meeting. And then the reality is seldom does anything happen in the meetings. So you can't avoid them. Everyone struggles with them. <clears throat> There's always a person that you wish was not in them, and seldom does anything happen as a result of them. But here's the thing you need to know as a leader. The meeting you take for granted is the meeting that gets you. The meeting you take for granted is the meeting that gets you. Now, there's a great example of this in the Bible. It's the story of Moses. Moses has been elevated by God to be a dynamic leader. He has literally taken Israel out of bondage. He has reorganized them as a nation. He has begun to codify all of the behavioral laws that they need to interact together, and he's done all of that. And yet there's going to be one meeting 
that is going to get him because he takes it for granted. That meeting is going to be in Numbers 14. And in Numbers 14, they're going to have a meeting about their future. And the future is the promised land. And they're going to do some pre-planning. But what's going to happen is they are going to plan themselves out of what God wants. And see, here's the thing. Many times people talk God out of a meeting. I was just in a meeting um, just yesterday, and the meeting that I was in, what happened was this, is that literally God was doing something, but something didn't fit the systems of what this organization liked, and therefore they left God out of it. And I can't tell you how many times I'm in meetings where God gets left out. Someone talks God out of it. Well, you know, our systems don't allow this. Well, we can't do this. We're not prepared for this. And I'm just thinking, my goodness, here God's doing something and you push God out of it. And so that's what's going to happen with Moses. They're going to have a meeting and they're going to push God out of it. That being said, there's a phrase called death by meeting. We've all suffered this kind of death before, but let me just describe why this happens. In death by meeting, um, they forget the why. And the why is this, never have a meeting without a reason. Don't meet to meet, have a meeting with a reason. The next part is what? Meetings need a clear goal. If you're going to meet, there has to be something at the end of the meeting, you're going to walk away and say, this is what we achieved and this is what we want to achieve. The next is the who. You only want the people who have to be in the meeting in the meeting. Don't have people in there that do not have to be there because they will be extra weight. They will sidetrack you. They will get you places that you do not need to go. And then the win. Meetings need to start on time and they need to end on time because if you're going to have a meeting and it doesn't start on time, then someone is wasting everybody else's time. And so meeting by death, why? No meeting without a reason. Uh, What? Meetings need a clear goal. The who? Only those who need to be in the meeting should be in the meeting and when on time. Now, here's the thing. Types of meetings. I was thinking about this uh, after having been on the road, and I was just prayerfully reflecting on some things that happened. And I started going through in my head the book of Acts, various meetings that they had. Now, I'm going to start in Acts 4. There's a couple of meetings that uh, start before Acts 4. The one in the upper room, you can call that a prayer meeting. There's a uh, human resource meeting where they find the the 12th person, the person to replace uh, Judas and all. And so those are meetings, but those aren't the ones. I want to start in Acts chapter 4 and walk you through the main types of meetings that they had in the New Testament church. So this is after Pentecost. This is after the church has begun. And so here we go. The first meeting is in Acts chapter 4. It is a conflict meeting. Acts chapter 4, it is a conflict meeting. This is where Peter and John are being taken before the leaders of Israel, the Sanhedrin, 
and they're being told not to preach in the name of Jesus. They're being told not to preach in the name of Jesus. Now, here's the thing. This is going to be a conflict. Why? Because Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Make disciples of people. This is a conflict meeting. And so in Acts chapter 4, what we see are several characteristics. First of all, conflict meetings are always painful. They're just always painful. None of us want to be in them. None of us enjoy being in them. Someone's going to make them painful. They hurt. They hurt emotionally. They hurt mentally. I pray they don't hurt physically, but in this case, they did because Peter and John are going to get flogged, but they're painful. But here's the thing about conflict meetings. They define values. And what that means is don't do something you will regret. And that means that in the middle of a conflict, you know what your values are. And you don't compromise your values. You don't give up your values. You don't let go of your values. Sometimes having those values is going to cause difficulty and challenge. You just define your values. And that's what Peter and John did. They said, uh, is it right that we do not preach in this name? Would it be better for us to obey God or to obey man? See, you can't let conflict create compromise. And that's the takeaway from this. It's going to be a painful meeting. They're going to walk away disagreeing. That's what conflict is. But you can't let conflict create compromise. If there are core values, you can't let that happen. Number two, the unexpected meeting. Now, the unexpected meeting is going to happen in Acts chapter 6. And in Acts chapter 6, the unexpected meeting is going to involve uh, the Grecians uh, who were a minority group in the church who felt like their widows, their ladies were not being ministered to. Unexpected meetings tend to deal with blind spots, issues that you didn't see. And that's what this is going to be. It's going to be a blind spot. See, none of the, the 12 disciples had any intention that ladies wouldn't be fed, wouldn't be cared for. They understood the value that Jesus had expressed even on the cross when he looked at John and said, John, behold your mother. They knew that Jesus always provided care, that Jesus was always there to assist and to help. And so this wasn't a value question. It was just a blind spot. They didn't know it was happening. Now, blind spots, many times people assume that it's a value issue, but it's not a value issue. They just didn't see it. So these are meetings that involve something you didn't see. And in these meetings, you walk in and say, hey, guys, we didn't see it. We should have seen it. Wished we would have seen it. Sorry, anybody has been affected by this because we didn't see it. But what do they do? They said, we want to find seven men of good report. In fact, it's interesting. There's a sevenfold leadership test there. And these individuals are going to come out and they're going to oversee 
this ministry. And so here's what I can tell you about unexpected meetings. They involve blind spots, something that should happen that hasn't been happening. But the way you remedy them is you raise up team and you increase the talent equation where you are blind. And so the unexpected meeting. The next one is the individual meeting. And the individual meeting is really profound to me uh, because of just the nature of how it happened. One of the seven men that had been chosen to uh, help with the previous meeting we had talked about, God began to promote him and began to use him. And he went down to Samaria and he preached Christ and people hearing and seeing the miracles that were done. And all the city was just rallying around. But in the midst of this great moment, God says, I need you to leave. And as I like to tell people, it's so counterintuitive to what we would do in society. If we had something big going on, we would never let one person distract us from it. But God told him to leave the revival and go to one individual. Now, this individual is going to be a key individual because he's going to be the treasurer of the Ethiopian nation. And this is one of the things that I wished I had time to talk. Individual meetings are usually given to influencers or for correction. So when you have an individual meeting, it's usually for someone who's a high influencer. So what's going to happen is, um, you know, they're going to go down and as, as, as they go down we're going to see this meeting begin to happen. And this meeting is going to lead to the conversion of this young man. And this conversion is going to start the greatest nation that would be the first nation that would be a Christian nation, Ethiopia. And it was all because of this particular meeting this particular meeting. And so what I want you to see is there's times when God's going to have you go meet with one person. Jesus did it with Nicodemus. He did it with Joseph of Arimathea. And as a result, what happened was uh, this meeting ended up creating uh, just this remarkable Result. Now, I want to go back and biblically correct something. I said the the name Stephen. Uh, It was Philip who had gone to Samaria. So let me put that in for all of you guys that were going to write me. But here's the thing. Individual meetings are time multipliers because you're dealing with influencers. And when you deal with influence, you're multiplying results and you're multiplying time. So in the individual meeting, it's either going to be an influence question or maybe you're having to deal with an individual over correction. What it is, is you're uh, creating time and you're multiplying or maybe you're having to get someone straight. So the individual meeting. Number four, the change meeting. Now, the change meeting is Acts chapter 10. This is Cornelius up to this time. Everybody who wanted to be a believer had to be a believer uh, by adopting the Jewish faith rules. But this was going to be a change meeting because now Cornelius, who is a centurion, he is going 
to miraculously get filled with the Spirit. Now, let me say to some of you, when when these moments happen, it's God changing the system. Please understand something. God's not committed to your system just because you are. God's committed to people. And when your system gets in the way of people, you have a problem. So this is going to require a systematic adjustment. And the interesting thing is for systematic adjustments to happen, it always starts with the leader. And that's what happened with Peter, because God had to get Peter on the same page. And he had this remarkable vision. And God was telling Peter something. I'm going to do something that is bigger than your system. So change meetings, usually system adjustments, they start with you. And the question is, can you change? The fifth meeting is, can you be in the same book on the same page? And this meeting is Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15. In Acts chapter 15, Paul calls all of the people together and all of the elders in Jerusalem. James, the pastor, is there, and they begin to get on the same page. We have all these Gentiles that are receiving Christ. Well, what in the world do we need to do with them? And they had to get on the same page. Some were saying they've got to do everything we do because we're Jewish. Others were saying God hasn't required that of them. Remember the system change with Cornelius? Well, this is what was happening there. Here's the thing. This is where you create commitment. This is where you create commitment. And basically what's going to happen is James is going to say, we're only going to require three things of them. And those are all written out in the book of Acts, but it was getting everyone on the same page. But here's the thing. Some people didn't want to be on that page, so it was costly. They no longer were going to be following. So to get people on the same page and get them in the same book, what that means is you've got to create commitments. You've got to say, these are the things we've got to agree on. And if you don't agree on those things, we probably aren't going to be able to walk together in this issue. So the key here is that you have to listen and clarify. So let me go over the various kinds of meetings. The conflict meeting, um, you have to have defined values because you cannot let conflict create compromise. The unexpected meeting involves blind spots. You have to raise up team and talent. The individual meeting involves influencers that can multiply time and results. And the change meeting means that God's not in love with your systems, even if you are, and you have to be willing to change. And the same page meeting means that you've got to say, these are the places of commitment that we have to have. And you need to make sure that you are committed to these areas. So I just wanted to give you some thoughts all of us have different kinds of meetings. Just think through what the rules of engagement are. That being said, said May 9th, Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, April 27th, Rancho Cucamonga. Please come and join us for those roundtables. I think that you will find them very, very rewarding. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to geraldbrooksministries.com.